What's up, everybody? This is uh, Creek again. Welcome to another episode of Day No Between Paddles. <laughs> I know I was supposed to be back with y'all a lot sooner than I am, but y'all already know what it is. So I do want to start off the podcast by saying, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, that's uh, in the name of Allah, the infinitely good, the most merciful. And if anything I say during this podcast is horrible, if it's if it's terrible, if I'm saying things that may appear disrespectful to some or may actually be dis that's what people do is uh we, we always uh try to detach ourselves from what we actually do and then put it on the feelings of the victim. So, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry if you felt this way. Like I, I feel like I don't even like starting off sentences with I feel like, but I'm saying this and I know this. If you if you say I'm sorry and then certain words follow that I'm sorry, then you're not sorry. You know what I'm saying? I should say you're not apologetic. Like you don't, you can't say, like when you apologize, you should say, I'm sorry or I apologize that. I apologize because. If you're saying, I'm sorry if, then you're not taking responsibility for what you did. Because it's usually something like, I'm sorry if you felt that way. That's never going to, that's, that's never going to lead you to the path of conflict resolution. <laughs> if you phrase things that way. <laughs> I noticed there's a lot of people who talk like this, like, I'm sorry if you got your little feelings hurt. But no, 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 no. Don't even don't even apologize if that's <laughs> if that's how you gonna talk to me. So either way, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm segueing again. If it, if what I'm saying during this podcast is incorrect or I do something wrong or stupid or goofy, that's all me. If you love this podcast, which you will, you will love this episode. I'm I'm putting that out there. I'm gonna say inshallah, but I'm putting that out there. Uh, if it's good, that's all Allah. You know, Alhamdulillah, all praise to Him. So. So before the last episode, um, I started off with a quote from someone whose birthday it was, but today I'm not doing that because I prepared an episode and then life said, nah, play it. So I'm actually using a person whose birthday was, uh, the day after the last podcast. So this quote comes from sister anime Bullock, Tina Turner. And I'm upset too, because I remember uh, it was a couple years ago when the interwebs, it was mostly Facebook. Everybody was talking about anime, right? And everybody is like all of a sudden into anime. I know there's a lot of people who were into anime before, but I didn't meet as many people, right? And so just me being me, I was like, the uh, I, I posted a picture of Tina Turner. It was like, this is the only anime I care about or something like that. Then all of a sudden, I was seeing people who I know don't have that type of sense of humor typing the same thing. I feel like if you type out memes that you see, like if you screenshot someone's meme or you just uh, uh, forward someone's meme or whatever, reshare, repost, whatever, that's fine. If you out here retyping people's memes or you see somebody's meme with a picture, say it's like a picture of Dolph Lundgren and it's a, a funny phrase, and you go Google Dolph Lundgren and put your own phrase on there, you are horrible. You are horrible. You you know you should have your internet privileges revoked <laughs> if you do something like that. And I, it's funny because I know a person who does that on Facebook, and she always says the most 
outlandish things that you could ever imagine. But I've seen the posts. Like, I, there was an instance where I saw a post that I know she saw because of, of a group she was in. I know she saw this post, and I saw it too. And then five minutes later, she typed the same exact thing that was in that post. So if you're doing that, get your life together. Like, go get funny. I used to say, like, there's no worse thing than a street dude. Sorry. There's no worse thing than a non-street dude that wants to be a street dude. Because those dudes are usually extremely dangerous. Like, when you're around actual street dudes, and I'm not saying, like, I'm not glorifying, like, um, any people that are violent. I'm talking about people who, you know, um, have had to or felt like they had to you know, be out in the in the mess. And, you know, they have a tough exterior or, you know, they may you know, be a fighter or they may be okay with things getting violent. I'm not talking about the ones that intentionally seek violence. The the dudes that are intentionally seeking violence, a lot of times those dudes are not real street guys, but they want to be street guys. So they feel like they have to prove themselves. And those dudes are usually the most dangerous because those are the dudes that's out here shooting people. Those are the dudes that are starting fights, starting conflict. The real street dudes, the dudes that are just just happen to happen to be in the streets, and they may, they may love it, but the dudes who are more reserved but just happen to be street dudes, I usually feel more comfortable around them because they just chill it. They don't. Some of them have been locked up, been to prison. They don't want to go back, so they chill it. You know what I'm saying? I know for some of my audience, because I've looked at the demographics, you might not know exactly what I'm talking about. You not be, may not be able to relate to what I'm saying, but. The reason I say that is there's I used to say that there's nothing worse or nothing more dangerous than a non-street dude that wants to be a street dude. I changed that. I'm amending that right now. There's nothing more dangerous than someone who's not funny that thinks he or she is funny. Oh my goodness, that's one of the Oh my goodness, just stop, right? Just Stop, right? <laughs> it is not so much what they say or do in terms of like, oh, trying to be funny. It's really hard talking to people without a sense of humor, without a sense of humor. Like I know a lot of really, really serious people, but the ones that I'm okay with are the ones that are always serious. They know they're serious. Um, so when it comes to like comedy stuff, they 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 tend to like steer away from it in terms of like, so when you're on the internet, and you say something funny, people without a sense of humor sometimes don't catch it, but they react to it. They get angry. And it's it's the same thing in person. And those people in person tend to be a little bit dangerous. Not dangerous in terms of like them destroying your life <laughs> physically. Not them hurting you physically, but just hurting the conversation. I'd rather you, I shouldn't say this out loud. But sometimes I'd rather be physically assaulted than for you to kill a great conversation. Like, you never had a situation where you like, it's like five people and y'all just pinging off each other. Funny thing after funny thing. Funny thing after funny thing. They tell part of a story. Another person tell a, a related part of a story that's funny. You keep the funny going. And then a person just comes into the conversation and start talking. And nothing's funny. Oh, my goodness, bro. Like... You know, being in my profession, I move around a lot. I move around a lot, right? So I end up working with a lot of different people. But I always feel like every shop you go to, every office you go to, every work center you go to, you're going to end up meeting the same person over and over again. 
I know it seems weird when I say it like that, but there aren't that many combinations of personality in the world, right? It's the same thing with like facial features. That's why you have doppelgangers. You have people that look the same in different parts of the world or like the the longer you go through time because of how genetics work, there's only a finite amount of combinations that you can have in face, right? In physical features, especially when you're just talking about the face, right? It seems like it's infinite because, you know, people, uh, because there have been so many people that existed and then certain feet, like some people can see two twins and, and see the differences in them, like the very subtle differences in their faces. I'm talking about identical twins. I'm not talking about the fake ones or, <laughs> or what do they call it? Like, I know it's probably like disrespectful racially, but I think it's called like the Irish twins or Russian twins or something like that, which is essentially just a dude impregnates two women around the same time. So their children are the same age, uh, but they're, they don't look alike. Um, I have a, a family member who has two, two children like that. I don't want to say too much because I'm supposed to be sending this, this podcast to the family group chat, but you know what you did. But anyway, (laughs) No, but like you could you could look at two twins and see the subtle differences in their faces and that's what we'll key in on. So like but to other people who are not as familiar with those faces or don't have that ability to key in on the differences in a face, will think that those are the same exact people. I'm saying that to say like there's only a finite amount of combinations of face that exist. There is there's just so many and so many uh data points, so many variables in the face that you may think that it's infinite, but it's not. Like That's why we be having those pictures where it's like, oh, look, Nicolas Cage is a vampire. No, Nicolas Cage is a crazy person, and I'm technically Nicolas Cage, um, but I'll explain that uh, later, maybe. Maybe one day, maybe. But <laughs> there's only a finite amount of faces. There's also only a finite, finite amount of like drastically different personalities, and especially because if you're working in the same profession, um, for a long time and with other people, um, there are some ways that your personality will tend to converge with others. Uh, like, for instance, I'm a weather forecaster, right? And it's kind of a chicken or the egg um, type of uh, uh, conversation where you say argumentative people and condescending people tend to be weather forecasters. Or do weather forecasters just tend to be and develop a propensity of being condescending and argumentative? For me, I can say I started, I was already argumentative before I even joined the military, right? And before I became a um, a weather forecaster. But I wasn't as condescending. That came with, well, I, I could be sometimes but not as much. And that came from interacting with people who acted a certain way. So I say that to say, um, like, even if you do have a drastically different personality, if you work with the same people or you work in a certain environment, eventually, like, parts of your personality will be similar. Like, if you ever take the four lenses test, a lot of military people are green gold, like very high in green, green and gold, and then they're very low in blue. So gold, if you had never took the four lenses test, I recommend it. But the gold is uh, usually people that are more organized and more regimented. And then green is people who are more uh, analytical, um, not necessarily uh, that they will be um, unorganized or anything like that, but their focus isn't as much on just straight 
physical organization as it, it or you know any type of methodology methodology in that way it's more about the analysis of it and what makes sense in terms of their their analysis right and then uh blue is normally people who are um more emotional not emotional like i'm gonna cry but more just in tune with emotions so military people while they're active duty especially uh before they have children or after they've their children are a little older tend to be very uh low in blue. The object of the four lenses test is to help you find um, your blind spot and figure out how to improve your blind spot. So your blind spot is just whichever color is lowest. So military people tend to be very high in gold, of course, very, very high in gold, of course, because they're they're taught to be organized. They're taught to uh, follow regulations. Um, They're taught to uh, be very regimented. And then when they get out of the military, their blue will go go up because blue is about emotions. We don't really care. We don't really care as much when it comes to the business of murder, which is what the military is. <laughs> Even though we try to act like it's not like eh, I'm professional. Now your business is murder, right? So uh, when you're in the business of murder, you can't really focus as much on emotions. And even if your business is not murder, when you have a large organization uh, where a lot of your processes are automated and a lot of your processes are the, have been the same or very similar for decades. It's all about like obedience matters more than feelings, right? And we're starting to move away from that a lot uh, with uh, military members, especially like in our younger core. And that makes sense because maybe people will stop beating up people and 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 doing crazy things and maybe our depression rates won't be so high you know but <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny I'm laughing cuz it's uncomfortable but I know we went off on a tangent but I bring all that back to say that some people's personalities tend to converge along a certain line but you tend to meet the same people over and over again right and the person that I always tend to meet that usually makes me uncomfortable is the person that wants to be in a conversation, which I'm cool with, but doesn't understand how to be in that type of conversation. They join the conversation, they hear people telling funny stories and everybody's laughing and they wait and then they're like, it's my turn. And then you have to sit there while they tell the story, even if you know this person, right? And I know I'm using uh, they in a singular, but whatever, 2022. So you might know this person, right? So you already know what's coming, but sometimes in the back of your mind, you're like, please, I'm with you this time. I have optimism. I know that you're not going to do the same thing. And they will sit and tell a story. Everybody's already laughing. They will sit and tell a story and it gets dead silent. And everybody's just waiting for the punch. And they'll just end the story. And it's not funny. And you know it's not funny if you have to say, ha uh, it was so funny. That means it wasn't funny. You don't have to tell me it's funny. You don't have to tell me it's funny. It's funny. Like if you serve me chicken, you don't have to tell me it's chicken. If you if you serve me broccoli, which technically is not even really broccoli, it's some stuff that we've uh, uh, genetically modified, but it's still broccoli for all tints and all intents and purposes. I know y'all always say intensive purposes, but this conversation isn't really that deep to be intensive. But 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 if you serve me broccoli, if you have to tell me it's broccoli, then it's not broccoli. It's probably cauliflower, which is the racist broccoli. But okay, so 
I'm uh <laughs> That was kind of ridiculous. Let's take a break. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, so the quote of the day. <laughs> it was, it was what, 16 minutes, and I didn't get to the quote of the day. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so the quote of the day, right, is from Tina Turner. <laughs> I'm laughing because I realized, like, as I'm trying to tell you the quote of the day, I realized why I went on such a long segue. <laughs> All right, man. Look, I said that I was not going to let this podcast be as goofy as it's been in the past. And I was going to try to be serious. <laughs> but I can't do it. Last episode, I did a pretty good job. Of not being too goofy. I used a lot of like hidden language and and, and like, <laughs> I said a lot of stuff that was uh kind of crazy, but only like some of the stuff you wouldn't know was crazy unless like you knew the references, right? But like <laughs> and I was done the quote of the day in the first uh fifteen minutes, but this time. Alright, let's go. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> The quote of the day is by Tina Turner. <laughs> Look, y'all remember on What's Love Got to Do With It when um when Tina escaped with her kids and then um Tina's mom, uh, what's her name? I was about to say Jennifer Garner, which that would be a weird <laughs> that would be a weird choice to cast as Tina Turner's mother. Jennifer Garner, okay, brown people, if you don't know who Jennifer Garner is, because most of you don't, just Google it and imagine her being um, Tina Turner's mother. But, like, Tina Turner's mother told Ike uh, where she was, and he came and got her. But then, like, when he was slapping her upside the head to get her in the car, it was so confusing to me when I was young, because, like, I'd, I'd never, like, I've seen I've seen my fair share of, like, violence and abuse or whatever but i had never seen any any grown man treat a woman like a child like that and slap on her head so like when he and i'm not i'm not condoning violence but in that limo when tina when tina went in i'm like okay sarah sarah you know what i'm saying but no it was just weird it was it was just a weird scene and you know i realized like as i grew up and watched i'm like the majority of the movie he was treating her like a child because when he met her she was a child which was, I yeah, we're not going down that road. So yeah, so Tina Turner, right? The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their own dreams. I'll say it again. This is a quote by Tina Turner. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their own dreams. And that could be very, very, um, what's the word for it? Um, Self-explanatory. So I don't want to do a deep dive on that. But, you know, with being part of the entertainment or working in the entertainment industry, uh, I've, I've pretty much been dabbling. Look, I say I've been dabbling, but if y'all know me, there's people who like 
I didn't know you had a real job because you're always out doing this stuff. Because <laughs> I'm always doing stuff. Like, whether it be hosting, randomly popping up, singing with a band, of uh, Dano ENT's uh, merchandise store, DJing, teaching, trying to break up fights, everything. Like, um, <laughs> it seems like I'm more in the entertainment industry than anything. But... Working with the entertainment industry, a lot of people are working on dreams, right? And it's very, very easy in society or in the world, in the dunya, um, to let people, to allow people to step on your dreams, right? I am an extremely logical person, right? I do make a, I do make irrational decisions, but I do try to think of things in terms of logic. I don't really like move just on dreams or even like blind aspiration. But I do think that it's important to to analyze your dreams. I'm not talking about like your actual sleeping dreams. That's a that's a separate topic, right? But I'm talking about the things that you want to do in life. Those whenever you close your eyes and you think about like what you would be in life and what would make you happy, you have to lean into that but do it intelligently. Try to figure out how to like the most the most happy people in the world aren't the people who make the most money from from just my own experiences right and so that all of this is going to be anecdotal right so based on my own experiences and uh, some testimony from other people, the most happy people are the people who aren't the people who are just making a whole lot of money because you can make a whole lot of money doing nothing like or doing something that makes you miserable like there's some people who love say accounting especially extreme introverts but i know people who make really good money uh, as accountants i'm not talking about like people who are just like doing uh audits or stuff like that i'm talking about some of the people who are spending hours and hours um doing financial reports or hours and hours analyzing books and stuff like that some of them are miserable doing those types of jobs because it doesn't fit their personality and it's not in line with their dreams right so if you can the luckiest people are the people who can find a, a occupation because look you divide the day by three most people are not getting eight hours of sleep but you're supposed to allocate yourself eight hours for rest doesn't have to be sleep, but allocate yourself eight hours for rest, right? The majority of us, the majority of the population, especially in America, are working at least eight-hour shifts, right? That's the standard, right? 40-hour work weeks, eight-hour shifts, at least, because a lot of us are doing more hours <laughs> because we have to. But allocate your, your eight hours are normally already allocated to work, right? And that other eight hours, you usually spend doing BS, but that should be time for, with your family, time to study, Eat good, sleep, well, your sleep isn't that other eight hours, but eat good, read good. And when I talk about eating, I'm not just talking about food going into your body, like uh, physical food, like savory morsels. I'm talking about everything that you feed yourself is important, right? You are what you eat, and that's not just food that goes into your mouth. That's the food that's coming in through your eyes. That's the food that's coming in through your ears. Um, some people talk about energy, but those are <laughs> energy is something that I can't measure um, and it's not uh, tangible. But 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 it's important for you to fill those uh, hours of the day with things that feed you in a positive manner. 
And sometimes it's just sometimes it's just chilling. Sometimes it's just playing video games. You're not supposed to spend too much time playing video games, but if that's how you decompress, some for some people, their main social interaction is through video games because of you know their personality types. Or sometimes they're just killing. I I shouldn't use the term killing two birds with one stone, but they're just multitasking. Like I, I told one of my young guys, like uh, at work, because he was talking about how sometimes he'll just end up playing. No. I don't know if it was at work or one of the entertainers I work with. I can't remember because I interact with way too many people at a time or like, or in a day, I should say, and sometimes at a time, but, um, no, no. It, yeah. Yeah. It was one of the guys in entertainment. I know who it was. Uh, the reason why I conflated him with being someone from work is because he's in the military, but he was talking about how like he'll think about making a song and then he'll look and he see his TV and then he'll look and see his video game. And then next thing he knows, he's on this video game for hours about, and that time is wasted. So what I told him, what I used to do when I actually had some time to carve out to play, I was usually playing, uh, I don't want to mention any branded content because we're not being sponsored, but I would play a, a basketball or football video game, right? But what I would do is um, I would also listen to podcast especially when i was trying to when i initially started trying to learn islam um i would just listen to people speak uh, i would listen to scholars i would listen to imams i would listen to some khutbas i would listen to just a lot of information like i would just sit and listen to while i was playing the games because playing uh uh, basketball games and football games, especially if I'm not playing against a human, if I'm playing a CPU, I don't have to be that engaged in it. So I'm just doing something with my hands. And sometimes I do like to have several types of stimulus at the same time, right? Because of the year that, you know, I'm in this era. So, you know, we've been bombarded with stimulus and media for my entire life. It's, and people who are a little bit younger than me, it's even worse. So you can fill that time, even though you're doing something, uh, playing a video game, you can fill that time with listening to podcasts or even just listening to music and relaxing. But some people use that time to speak to people across the world. I remember there was this kid that I <laughs> there was this kid I work with, right? And I shouldn't call him a kid. That's why everybody calls me old as hell. But like uh there was a dude that I worked with and we were we were in a temporary location. And uh, on we were working in a temporary location. And on the weekend, you know, I went out to get something to eat. You know, I was hanging with a couple people that I knew. And on Monday, I'm like, hey, man, we'll just call him uh, G. I'm like, hey, G, what did you do all weekend? And he's like, oh, you know, I just got a couple bottles of wine um, and played video games. And I'm like, hey, man, because, um, you know, like I was his supervisor um, at the time. So I'm like, hey. It's not good for you to be by yourself just sitting and drinking wine in the room. And he looked me dead in my eyes like he kind of cut me off. He's like, I wasn't by myself. And I'm like, but you just said you were in your room. And then he cut me off again. He was like, I was with 3,000 people. And I was like, what? He either said 3,300. Either way, it's a preposterous amount to be in a dorm room, right? He was like, I was with 3,000 people. And like, he, he said it that way. Because he knew it would confuse me, right? So I'm just sitting there looking at him crazy. And he's like, in a chat room. <laughs> but that's where he got his social interaction. And I worked with another kid when I lived in Georgia. Um, he would sit and like him and his buddies and uh, other military members, they would sit and talk about like, while they were playing these video games, they would talk about life. 
and they would talk about um, uh, advancements in their career. And sometimes they would be talking about the wrong things and some people were steering him the wrong way, but whatever. I don't think anybody who's listening to this podcast, you know what? You, yep, you, you know who I'm talking about. All right, so yeah, so <laughs> the point I'm making is <laughs> these segues are crazy. It's funny because I never noticed them until other people pointed them out. I'm lying. I do it on purpose. So the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Believe in your dreams, right? Don't discount your dreams because they're not going to make you money. Because a lot of the people who are making a lot of money now, a lot of the people who are making innovations in the world now, who are changing people's lives now, they started off with a dream. I don't really bang with uh, Elon Musk um, in, in some ways, in some of his ideologies, or some of the ways like I've seen him interact with other <laughs> other humans. Like, don't talk about like he'd never used this, this term because he wouldn't, right? But don't you don't tell people to pull themselves out, up by their bootstraps or criticize them for not having as much as you have when your wealth comes from trauma to brown people, right? You have inherited wealth, right? So for for you to talk to certain people in a certain way that didn't have the same access to excess that you had is kind of dumb to me. But um, he's still, like, when you think about how he talks, like, he always talks about not wanting to be a CEO um, um, and having these ideas. These ideas, you can also call them dreams and then figuring out a way to make it happen. Like, people have dreamed about electric cars forever. Like, we put it in movies and everything, but he leaned into it and found a way to make it work and make more money off of it. Also, making a... A death machine because they kind of hide how many people Tesla kills, but that's that's not always their fault. That's usually because people people act like the car is a truly self driving car when a lot of times they just have like assist. Like lane assist doesn't mean you can take a nap, bro. It's not gonna just stay in the lane. It's an assist. But like uh, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. So those would be the people who are first of all are going to make changes and make the future better and help us get to the future, right? Because we always talk about like time, but time is just like a measurement, right? Time doesn't exist as a tangible outside entity the way we talk about it. Like, oh, you know, time heals wounds or or or, or time is passing. No, that's just a measurement, right? So you, we could talk about in the future, this will happen. We'll do it now. Do it now. Right. And don't get me started on uh, time travel. I know there's people who have already heard my rants about um, our perception of time and how we use that to make time travel movies and all the alternate theories of uh, what time travel could be. And I'm not going to do that on this podcast, but maybe I I will in the future. Y'all give me feedback if y'all want to hear that BS. So when I, I when I read this quote, uh, you know, I see the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their own dreams. To me, I'm taking that kind of literal also. You ain't going to get to the future or you're not going to feel like you're in the future. People who believe in the beauty of their dreams and and, and execute in a positive way uh, usually live longer. And I, I have to keep going back to the fact that I'm not talking about in terms of time in the way you speak about time or we're conditioned to speak about time. When I talk about living longer, I'm talking about having more, more broad, robust um, rewarding lives, right? 
I'm not talking about the people who are miserable for for 70 years, right? And then mean and surely. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about leaning into your dreams and living your life and finding as much happiness in the dunya. The dunya is the world. Finding as much happiness in the dunya as possible. You're never going to find complete, utter, constant, infinite happiness in this world. It's not, it's not how... The, it's not how anything in the dunya was was created and and designed, whether that be by Allah or you know, uh, was it transcend whatever the word for it is, but through us, right? Nothing is, even the word nothing is well, whatever. <laughs> nothing on this planet is permanent, right? Nothing is permanent. Now, okay, so if we're talking about like uh, energy, energy never dies, right? It's just, it just changes. Energy changes, but it, it never dies. But it's still not going to be permanent if it changes. So your situation is not permanent. Your situation can change. Everything can change, right? So nothing is permanent. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's that's pretty much. I don't want to keep going into that. But that's the that's the quote by Tina Turner. Um, if you actually just like Google Tina Turner to Tina Tina Turner quotes, I can't even talk. Tina Turner totes. If you if you Google Tina Turner totes, um, you'll probably get weird bins, um, with big wheels that keep on turning. Okay, okay. I apologize for that. I remember I said, if you're around certain people for. <laughs> For a long enough time, your personalities will converge at a point. I'm now that person that's not funny at all. But the good thing is, I know I'm not funny. Well, if I knew I wasn't funny, I wouldn't make a podcast and label it comedy. Let's take a break. I love y'all. Um, <clears throat> again, that quote was from Tina Turner, and that's along the theme um, of uh, the quotes, all the quotes are going to come from a quote unquote African woman, right? Uh, <laughs> and I actually was going to use someone whose birthday was the same day as Tina Turner's birthday, but I, I, I came to a crossroads because, you know, I wanted to use someone who was older. Like I was trying to find the oldest uh, brown woman, African woman. Uh, with that birthday at the time, like it was a very, very easy, very basic uh, methodology, right? But I came along this woman named uh, Ellen G. White, and some websites list her as a, a quote unquote black woman or quote unquote African American woman. Oh, first of all, let before I even go there, shout out to Elon Musk because. I never knew Twitter would be owned by an African-American, right? But uh, anyway, like, Ellen G. White on certain websites is listed as black, and then others she's not. And then I just, I went down a rabbit hole digging. And y'all can y'all can go through that if you want to. But Ellen G. White, she was an author, and she had a lot of good quotes, too. Some of them were a little hairy, um, but <laughs> she was one of the founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I don't really want to go down this path. <laughs> My personality. Uh, I don't want to go down this path, but there's several reasons when you look at what her accomplishments were, um, why 
people might want to label her white and then based off of some things in her life why some people might want to label her black. But just Google Ellen G. White and you'll see what I mean. But uh, yeah, so there were a bunch of people, excuse me, uh, who had that birthday. But before I go on, I'd be remiss to not talk about what's going on in the world of Dano Entertainment and Audible Asylum. Uh, so if y'all not familiar with Audible Asylum, that is our entertainment platform. Because uh, I, I was call, calling it a performance platform, but it's starting to take on a different type of life. Like everything evolves, right? And if it doesn't, it dies. So Audible Asylum... Uh, we have a show coming up December 11th. Uh, that's my man, OTB. He's going to be the feature, and he's bringing a bunch of great uh, musical artists with him. Hopefully, we can get a lot more poets in the building. Uh, so if you are listening to this, uh, know that we have a show every other Sunday. And uh, you come through. We need more poets in the building. So December 11th, OTB. And our guy, our brother, uh, di they call him Dizzy Dev. Um, I'm not going to say his uh, full government, but he's back in the area. So he's going to be performing with us. We're super excited, man. So if you listen to this podcast, man, we love you. We're su super excited to have you back home. Uh, you should go back and look uh, look at the promo we did for our anniversary show uh, when you weren't there. I know they say don't speak directly to people uh, on a podcast, but I don't care. Uh, then December 25th, we don't know what we're going to do because uh, most, okay, most Americans aren't actually Christian, but okay, I shouldn't have said it like that, but I mean it. Um, but then December 25th doesn't make sense for us to call it Jesus' birthday. It's actually kind of disrespectful, more disrespectful than calling it Xmas. But on the 25th, we still don't know what we want to do. We'll probably talk, yeah, whatever. Um, and then January 8th, Kanji 410. And then January 22nd, uh, Don's Matic has a feature there. So uh, plug in. So speaking of the industry, last podcast, I said that we would talk about crowdfunding. And in my classes, the last couple of weeks, we've been hitting on crowdfunding a lot. Like even the difference in uh, reward-based versus equity-based crowdfunding. Um, a lot of this stuff I didn't know. Like I had a a slight amount of knowledge of organized crowd crowdfunding with certain sites and none of them are sponsoring uh, this podcast. So I'm not going to mention them. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to putting the what damn sponsors, man. I'm going to go back to putting that on there, but um, I didn't know much about crowdfunding. So there is a PDF that I've been sharing with people. Um, they call it the crowdfunding Bible. You may be able to Google it, but I also send it to the people that are in our network, but if you don't know about crowdfunding, it's essentially just asking the general public for donations to provide startup capital for new ventures. Um, some people, we, we, we're seeing a little bit of uh, like a different type of crowdfunding um, with Meek Mill, right? Because Meek Mill has started, well, he's starting to uh, sell his albums on Cash App direct to consumer. Uh, that's not technically crowdfunding because usually when we talk about crowdfunding, we're talking about uh, startup money. Let's give me this money so I can do this other venture. Whereas like if you're selling the album, I don't know if I would consider that crowdfunding. I say that, but there's also other examples of people who had, um, who wrote books and they would sell the books in their crowdfound 
crowdfunding uh, campaign. But there was one example where they were, and I don't want to mention the company. I'm trying to be extremely cautious because we're not sponsored, right? So, um, like people who already had the book, they would get other incentives for donating money. And then they were also pushing a software. So um, I may send out that information too. Uh, just get on our mailing list. Get on our mailing list. Um, but yeah, crowdfunding, The there's a bunch of dope things about crowdfunding. And just Google crowdfunding apps or crowdfunding services. There's a few um, websites and services that make it make crowdfunding easier. So crowdfunding... <laughs> is dope because it'll help it'll help you gauge the public interest in your project before launching uh new products and possibly wasting money. Um you control everything. Um you can keep all your equity, you know, depending on how how many partners you have and the association with them, but you keep your equity um that you get to test and prove the popularity of your model using as little as a prototype or pre-production material as possible. So, um you know, with a normal <laughs> With normal uh, campaigns that are not crowdfunding funding campaigns, you usually have to get uh, independent investors or just get investors and produce the product and then put it out to the people. You can do focus groups and test beds and things like that, but normally that's going to cost you money. Whereas a, nor a regular crowdfunding campaign, you can start that with zero dollars, right? So uh, you can test elements of your marketing approach and how well you resonate with your target customers. Uh, you can make a lot more money than you intended. There's There were a couple uh, crowdfunding campaigns that we looked at where they made eight times as much money as they um, intended to make. You set your goal and you see if you can make that goal. It's important for you to set realistic goals for how much you want to make because a lot of a lot of business in general, like we think about business as just the numbers, but there's a lot of emotion that goes into it also. So uh, your motivation, excuse me, your motivation may dip if <laughs> if you don't set realistic goals that you can achieve. Right. That's why they always tell you to make smart goals, smart goals as smart as an acronym. Um, so one of those um one of those one well one of the one of the letters stands for uh realistic and the other one is achievable i may have made those up but you know i don't know anything i don't have a degree um <laughs> and then uh it's easier to try another crowdfunding campaign after failure than it would be if you put a lot of capital into a project and you you're not profitable it's harder to start a new project because you're already in the hole. You're already in the negative. Uh, you could pre-sell your product or service. And that's what we saw people doing with the books. And you can do that with uh, with music also, whether it be physical copies. Because uh, well, the one thing I like about the music industry now is that we are going back to physical copies a little bit more. Like vinyl is extremely popular right now. Not as popular as we saw it peaked it spiked and then people are doing weird things with nfts and in vinyls like there was one nft where there was just a picture of a drawing of a vinyl record of a band that's weird to me but you know do it big um another good thing about crowdfunding is that you can receive a lot of advice and assistance from your backers it's not just like dudes in the basement that's just going to give you a little bit of money 
because they want to see your uh, your new pro- project, it may be larger companies. And then sometimes this crowdfunding like this can lead to uh, um, uh, capital ventures and then and, and partnerships. And then uh, backers, backers can also uh, help promote the cons of crowdfunding. Again, it's stressful because you're reaching out to your people. It's not like. And I'm talking about mostly crowdfunding with music because crowdfunding has been uh, the, I won't say, it's been one of the best alternatives to working with a label. But working with a label does have its positives. If it, does, if it didn't have positive, nobody, not as many people would do it or nobody would do it. Uh, but you have a machine behind you and you never have to worry about how the money is getting to you, where the money's coming from. A lot of times you're getting an advance from, unless you have a different type of partnership, but I'm talking about in a traditional sense, you're getting an advance from the label and you have to recoup that advance. But in turn, you don't have to worry about pushing your product. Uh, that's the machine. You, I mean, you'll do what they tell you to do in order to help push the product and you know maintain an image and blah, 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 get publicity. But it's their ultimate responsibility because they want their money back, just like you want to be paid more, right? But crowdfunding is stressful. Like a lot of people think they want to have their own business, which I'm never going to tell you not to. But understand that it's stressful, right? Uh, you need more preparation. Uh, there's no stealth mode. That's what they call it, stealth mode, uh, where um, you're able to work on your project and work on the funding um, where nobody can see it. So you don't have to worry about your competitors. Like that's what stealth mode is. Like, you you know, you move in. You moving in silence like real G's. It took me years to realize that's what Lil Wayne said and then what he meant by that. Like, I just wasn't really listening. I just heard him say, real G's, moving silent like lasagna. You know, and it, it messed me up because I don't say lasagna. I say lasagne because it makes the most sense. I don't believe in silent letters. but but So I said lasagne. So the G in lasagne would not be silent. So I thought it was just saying, like, real G's moving silence like, you know what I'm saying? Like, pew. I really don't know what even I just meant by it. And that's what's really uh, dangerous with hip-hop music. But yeah, so stealth mode is, <laughs> stealth mode is you moving silent like like lasagne. And then uh, your competitors can't capitalize. They can't steal your ideas. They can't say, okay, this person's working on this. Let me hurry up and do this. You know, they can't uh, do a counter move. So if you do have competitors, I'm not talking about just the music industry. I'm talking about anything you're crowdfunding for. Uh, there is no stealth mode because you put your crowdfunding campaign out to the world and you need the money to make the product. So if your competitors are watching you, they may be able to get a competing product out before you. So say if you want to make a new soda um, and you're putting out a demo for or matter of fact, let's say like um, a TV show. If you're putting if you want to put out a TV show. And. You know, you would have to put out, you know, either a short pilot or videos about it. And you have to explain what these people want to spend money on. The only reason I use a TV show, I learned during class that people have used uh, crowdfunding to make a TV show. I didn't even know that was a thing. or Well, it was a web series. Same thing. So, um, but if you put out all the information that you would need to give your possible uh, supporters then your competitors are going to be able to see it. And if they have the ability, the ability, the will, and or the funds to put it out, 
put out something before you, they can just steal your ideas. So that's what you got to be uh, careful with. So the same thing with music. If you're putting out a sample, an unmixed sample of the music that you're uh, that you want to put out, or even just uh, making videos with uh, some of the music that are, is supposed to go on your album, there are people that may either just steal the idea or get as far away from your intellectual property um, enough to not get sued. If you're on tangible medium, it's easier for you to defend your case, but they could just make a product or I'm trying not to mention uh, specific people, but like if you make a go-go album and it sound hot, like I could just take instrumentals that are similar to them and put it out and then you have to fight. Right. So, uh, it's stressful. Tyler's effort into social media marketing campaigns and self-promotion. It's a lot of time, a lot of work. It requires a lot of creativity. Um, and then it may not work. That's what you got to worry about with any venture. It may not work. Uh, all the responsibility is on you. And then your investors, your your uh, your backers, they want to know where their money is going. You have to provide them uh, accountability for where their money is going. Um, and then you're and also with your competitors, competitors, you're competing against projects that may have traditional funding. So that's where it can be a little tough. But there's a bunch of sites, like I said, um, if you check out the crowdfunding Bible, and I'm, I already sent that out to my core group, but um, if you need the crowdfunding Bible, just hit us up in the comments if you're listening to this on the app with the green and black branding. Let's take a break. That's my break music. I just made it up. I said a whole bunch of stuff, right? But um, so we're going to wrap this because my family uh, just came home. And if y'all know, I have a very large family and they don't respect volume levels and like like me. So on the next episode, we're going to talk about a little bit of the Quran that I wanted to talk about. I actually recorded me speaking about it and then pandemonium ensued. Uh, downstairs and I didn't want to talk anymore because I had to go correct things. And that's part of me being the imam of my home. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to talk about that. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, college funds, which some of my children are not getting any just because of today. And then <laughs> a little bit of uh, stock action because um, it's really important, especially right now when we start seeing like how the dollar is moving um, with us in our depression slash not depression and us being Im- impacted by uh, previous uh, inflation. <sighs> Don't get me started. Um, look, talk about the World Cup a little bit. And then whatever else I decide to talk about. Um, I know last episode I did talk about, you know, uh, <laughs> the murder, uh, the, 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 the murder associated with uh, Thanksgiving. So maybe I'll give you all a little uh, a little taste of that uh, next episode, too. But again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are going to be more frequent. I love y'all. I thank y'all. Have a good sandwich. Peace.
Yes, yes. Before I leave, I do want to uh, draw some attention to our feedback. Again, on just the app with the green and black, uh, you're able to leave feedback for us, but also on the app that I'm using this using to record this, which is the branding is purple and yellow. Um, you can give us feedback. Uh, you could talk about the episode. You can say whatever you want. You can ask for um, some of the information that I talk about sending out. But the first one comes from uh, Jordan. Uh, Jordan, I, I probably shouldn't have said his real first name. And then I, I guess if I wouldn't have said, I shouldn't have said his first name. Y'all wouldn't know that was a real first name. So Jordan is a fake name. Uh, <laughs> Jordan's been rocking with us. He's been, him and his wife, uh, dope people, super dope people. Uh, they've been listening to us since I know. I so I just said super dope people. I know his wife is going to say something about me saying that uh, if she hears this part. But they've been rocking with us since we started the first podcast, which was the uh, Poor Paddle Podcast with me and my wife. They've been listening to us since we started. I want to say that was uh, 2017. Um, so. But Jordan said, I look forward to hearing all the things that you'll, quote unquote, get into later. And he knows. <laughs> he knows I'm probably not going to get to all those topics because, like I said, they, they, they've they known us since the beginning. So good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> keep returning to see if I'm going to get into those things. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, Nick. Nick. The next one is from uh, Nick. Uh, he, he said he. He said, this Nick, man, I hacked my wife's account so I could listen to this. So worth it. I enjoyed the perspective and the humor. Man, Nick is so dope, right? So Nick has um, him and his wife and his friends and his, his family. They have a company called Passageway Productions. And the bread and butter of their productions is their uh, their stage plays. Um, They do a lot of stage plays. The majority of their actors are... And actresses, I want to be respectful because, um, you know, I use actor in the, the, the broad term. But actors and actresses, they're um, up for awards like right now because everything is amazing. They're like they're just a dope company. So look up Passageway Productions. And um, if you see them coming to a city near you, make sure you plug in and, um, and you know, check it out. But, yeah, those were the two uh, messages we got on the app with the green and black branding. So I wanted to make sure that we go back and um and shout out those people. Man, I appreciate y'all. But please keep doing keep doing that. Keep plugging in with us. Um keep giving us your your inputs and yeah man. I love y'all. Have a good sandwich. Peace.